It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between who we are as intellectual, physical, emotional, and spiritual people. We are very complex as living beings, and I, and I stress the B part, B-E, and then I-N-G, um, because we don't realize that all of it goes together. We are uh, intellectually in our heads about 95% of the time, which is unfortunate, um, because if we are in our hearts making our decisions, we will be using our intuition, and that is where the truth is. And we have about 40,000 brain cells that live in our hearts And so our hearts are actually much more accurate in many respects than making our decisions intellectually. Um, So having said that, I also want to point out that if you go to my website, it's www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And there's about 19 or 20 pages there now, four years worth of recordings. Uh, So I think I'm up around 180 or 190 shows. And Lynn, who is my guest today, uh, has been with me in the past. And so you'll be able to find other shows that she has done with me there. Um, There's also a link into Boomers Forever Young. And this is a world-class nutritional company. And I have focused extensively on the last two years of the importance of taking personal responsibility for our health. Um, the doctors, you know, can't do it without you. They can diagnose, they can prescribe, but you're the one that has to take personal responsibility for your health and wellness. And so I do use the Boomer products in particular. I use uh, one that is called Gladiator Barley and Gladiator Barley will rebuild muscle. We lose 1% of our muscle mass every year after 50. And even if we're working out in the gym, you're still on the decline. Uh, So um, the barley actually rebuilds muscle, it detoxes the body, and it reduces inflammation. So if you know anyone who has either um, a pre-diabetic condition or a diabetic condition, you want to kind of show them about this barley. We have people that have faced uh, dialysis, and uh, they've been able to avoid it. So it's really quite a cool product. Um, the other thing that I want to point out is two tests that you need as we are ending, uh, 2021, you know, a lot of people have received what they call the jab, uh, the vaccine, and, um, don't think for one second that that is going to protect you. We have a lot of breakthrough cases of, uh, COVID and uh, other variants that'll be marching along as we move inside. So it's important to know these two numbers. You want to know your D3, which is your immune system function. You want it above 70. Just ask for that test to be done. Very simple little blood test. Uh, The other is a C-reactive protein test. And that one will tell you the level of inflammation you have in your body. And you want that number below one. I will tell you that my inflammation is a 0.3 in my body and my immune function is at 80. And so I'm not particularly concerned about getting anything. Um, And if I did, I would recover very quickly. So I just, you know, caution everybody to please take that responsibility. Watch what you're eating, how much sleep you're getting, how much stress you're under. Uh, All of those things are critical to good health and wellness. All right, so um, I want to introduce again, Lynn Cochran Murphy, and uh, she is a a doctorate in education. She's a teacher, she's a licensed counselor, healer, and speaker, and she specializes in helping spiritually-minded people live in possibility and realization. Um, She's also a certified Theta Healer and instructor, and you can um, look up a lot of information. In fact, two of our shows, I think, were about Theta Healing and how it actually works. But if you look up T-H-E-T-A and then Healer, you'll find out what Theta Healing is all about. And Lynn is an instructor 
with that. And she's also an Amazon best-selling author. Um, so welcome back to the show, Lynn. I'm glad to have you back on. Thank you, Lucy. I appreciate you having me. Well, it's it's my pleasure. Um, so today we're not going to talk about theta healing, but we are going to talk about recognizing that we are whole individuals that, you know, a lot of times people have this feeling that they're missing pieces. Um, you know, if they were just a little smarter or a little prettier, a little more handsome, something like that, that things would be better. And yet we are very complete and very whole just the way we are. So that's our topic today. How does that work for you? It's a, um, it's a belief that evolved out of the healing work that I've done for myself and others. Uh And through the training that I experienced that there's a, a, like a flawed view that I used to have. And I think a lot of people have about like our inadequacy. If only I had the right mate, if only I had the right job, if only I had the right income. And I'm proposing that underneath that, we have everything we need. We're already complete. To give up that search and look within and you find yourself. And in that finding yourself, there's a richness, you know, a, a completeness. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's what I'd like to help people find for themselves. I would say that that is probably true for the majority of people that I've ever worked with uh, or even know for that matter. And so when you're working with somebody that is struggling to find that inner completeness, that, that knowing that they are enough just as they are, how do you go about doing that? A couple of different ways. One is my faith in them and my sharing that opens the door to the possibility you know, to consider like, really, like that could be so. Mm-hmm. Another way is um, taking them into the process so that they can move into the theta state and experience the, um, the love, the light, the wellness that exists there. So that's just a, a change in the brainwave states. So we have like five different brainwave states, mm-hmm. but theta is the one it's even, um, it's even a slower vibrational in terms of, um, not vibrational, the rate at which the brain moves, it's slower than alpha. And alpha is like usually meditation, but now we're going to slow even more. And in that space, you have a lot of knowing. And that's one of the things I want people to experience. So those two ways. And one other thing that, that we can do is bring any soul fragments back that we've left with other people and places. And How do you do that? Um, and yeah. what does that mean? So it's kind of an interesting thing in that, um, you know, we are whole, but when we travel, when disturbing things happen, when we fall in love, we leave little parts of ourselves, little bits of our energy here and there. It's appropriate usually when we do that, and yet we can call it back to ourselves if we want. Now, I leave it with, I leave a little of my energy with my sister, with my husband. I don't want that to change. I want that connection always to be there. But let's say there was a home that I lived in that I loved or um, an ex-boyfriend. Anywhere else that I have left energy, I'm going to call that back to myself, cleanse it, cleanse it through the light and integrate it with me. It's a quick and easy thing. Um, I do it using the theta state. I say a prayer. Um, I make sure it goes through the light and it's back. And some people feel it when it comes in. Some people, if they're meditating, they'll see it, see sparks of light come back into them. That's all there's like, it's a two minute process. Huh? I've never heard of doing that, but it makes perfect sense because I think sometimes when we're growing up, 
you know, we might love a pet. We might love, um, you know, a home that was a family home or a grandparent that dies or, you know, something like that. And so there's probably a lot of pieces of us that we've given away over the years that we need back in order to to be more complete. Yeah, I I felt like any of the ones um, that were with a boyfriend or with someone, a person has been intimate with, but isn't any longer, it's really nice to close the door on that, have your own energy back and, and it all be kind of cleaned up. Huh. So yeah. once the energy is back, what does the person experience? I think just a little more of that wholeness. Yeah. That they are, doors are closed on that, which is, is irrelevant now and that they're just a little more complete. It does that feel a little bit like being more grounded or centered maybe? Probably, probably similar to that. Um, it also, to me, it, it's like um, I have more of myself. I'm not missing any parts of myself. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know that people really know when they are missing parts of themselves because it's like, well, I've lived this way for 25 years, it's normal. Um, but I found, um, one person who a part of her, um, because of a tragedy she experienced part of her, a child part was still at that location. Uh, and we were able to bring that back and integrate that for her. And it did, it did make a difference. Um, what was the difference as she expressed it? I'm trying to remember her words. It was like, kind of like a light turned on and she felt as if she'd regained something she'd lost. Yeah. You know what I'm wondering, and I don't know how many people you work with that are in this situation, but I would think anybody who has been molested, anybody who has been um, sexually or physically or emotionally abused, that this would be a wonderful way for them to reclaim that part that was taken away from them. Yeah, the, um, yeah, the the loss of the innocent child, Uh that part, Uh you know, and another aspect of this is when a person is violated, that that person's DNA gets mingled with theirs. And that's something that we can clean up. That DNA doesn't have to remain with the person who's been the victim. Just like um, anyone that you've been intimate with, there's been an exchange of DNA and all of that can be cleaned up and changed. It's, um, we do it on, I mean, Theta Healers, we do it on a, energy level, but it transfers right into the physical. So it it addresses both. Okay. Now, one of the things that at least I've been aware of is um, if you are intimate with somebody and let's say it's not a committed relationship, that you can also feel the other person's energy. So maybe somebody else's energy is with the person that you have a relationship with. And then you're feeling both party energy. Mm -hmm. So I I think that that's just an interesting idea because not everybody is living monogamous lives, obviously. And so I have often wondered, you know, if, if you have males or females with multiple partners, if that isn't some of the confusion energetically yeah. that they feel with one another, you know, that it, it isn't a, um, I, don't, I don't know the right word to use, do you? You know, I hadn't thought about that concept, but they bring the energy of whoever they're with, with them. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily strong enough to notice that it would be there. And it depends on, um, the role in that person's life, it's, if it's domineering or if it's um, loving, 
you know, how it's going to feel if you tune into that. When clients come to me, usually what I notice about them is the guides and teachers that are with them. So usually in the auric field, um, if there's anything that's not benevolent, you know, I notice that and, and I'm able to send that away. But I don't know that anyone's talked about, you know, carrying, carrying somebody else's energy. The, um, the part, the DNA part, I am aware of and, and how uh -huh. to clean that up. Usually it's in conversation that, um, well, I think it would be along the lines of DNA, because I'm going back to people that I've had clients. In fact, I had one that had 17 personalities and um, she had been um, a victim of her father's and all of his cronies. So, you know, from the time she was about six years old until she was about 15. And of course, that her separate personalities were the way she coped. But each one of them, you know, be, would have become a part of her, you know, with the, the sexual um, acts that were being done. And again, I would, I would think that, uh, and I'm wondering, I guess I'm just curious now, but I'm just sort of wondering if you had a married couple or even those that aren't married, I have a couple of them I'm working with right now, and they suspect that there are affairs going on or that there's unfaithfulness going on. And if indeed that is going on, if the energy that each of you is giving to another person is going to be commingled. There isn't any way that it cannot be. So is that, you know, DNA at that point? Or is that, because it is, I mean, you know, sperm, you know, is, is a part of our DNA. Well, even, even with touching. Right. You know, Right, would be exchanged. Right. So, so absolutely, and that's something I would want to clean up. I wouldn't want um, strangers' energy with me. Right. Yeah. And, me. Right. I and I think people that are high energy receivers, you know, that um, like I am, and so then you're going to be more sensitive to it. I, I was at the dermatologist yesterday. And of course, being a redhead, um, they always have freezing that they're doing on, you know, early basal cells. And um, so he was freezing four different areas and it hurts, you know, when, when you, you have that done. Yeah. And he was saying, breathe, breathe, breathe. And I'm, I, you know, of course I'm, I'm breathing, but he, I said, wow. I said, are you just in an area that is super sensitive? And he said, no, it's you. <laughs> He said, it is a sensitivity, but you are more sensitive than most people. And I thought that's true, you know, because I'm a healer, you're a healer. We energetically have different energy fields around us than the average person that's out there. And so I think as a result, I've always intuitively felt things much more than the average person. And I know that would be true for you as well. Yeah. So, yeah, when you're in somebody's space, I mean, if you were even just hugging a friend and they had been with somebody that was very toxic, you would also feel that. Yeah, it isn't always evident, like right at first, what what's going on, mm -hmm. um, but you do feel it. And usually for me, a lot of question marks come up like what what's going on? What is this about? Right. Um, and sometimes I need a little distance, a little time to figure it out. I actually like things that are a little more clear to me, like, like kind of black and white questions. Um, a woman said to me one day, um, my friends are all going to Sedona, should I go? And, you know, I instantly knew the answer. I like that a lot better than <laughs> nebulous kind of stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Right. But life isn't necessarily very black and white. I've always told people it's so many shades of gray. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is shades of gray. And needing it to be black and white can be um, actually, you know, that's one of the signs of, of, um, of addictions and a need for recovery is when you're a black and white thinker, which I don't think is what's going on here. But yeah, yeah, I, I, just a little I, bit I would. Easier. I would certainly, well, I guess the way I would look at somebody 
you know, and I've known people that need to have that black and white, yes and no, but usually they're full of a lot of fear. And so by having a very simplistic way of looking at life, it reduces that fear base. And um, if you're able to step back and not have the fear, then, you know, it's okay. You don't have to have all the answers because life will show you the way that you're supposed to go in many instances. And I think that's back to that, the point of wholeness that when we are connected with ourselves, when we're centered or grounded, as you mentioned, it's a lot easier to live and be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're um, pushing to be or do something for somebody else, if you're pushing to, um, achieve an exterior or an imposed goal, it's much harder to be true to yourself and know how to stay in that center. But that center place is where our truth lies. And it's the place to live from so that we can be true to ourselves. Right, right. That is so true. <laughs> truth, which is true. Um, yeah, that's, that's absolutely the case. So I go ahead. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to mention is, is um, certainty and having certainty about things. So different than is it yes or no, but more like that inner knowing, the times when you just know it's time to quit that job or uh-huh. it's time to start the master's degree, uh-huh. it's time to let that friend go. Mm-hmm. that inner knowing how important it is to trust that and to um you know you might ignore it once or twice but if you keep ignoring it it becomes more like instead of a nudge it becomes more like a two by four so, <laughs> right yeah so following that knowing and trusting there's wisdom within you you know, um, it's funny that you talk about a, a two by four, you know, to get your attention. Um, over the last, I would say, year and a half, uh, there have been uh, different ways that, you know, I have personal guides. I think we all do. And a lot of times we're not in touch with them because we're so busy in our life that we're not listening to their little nudges or anything else. We're just kind of busy with what we're doing. And so I, you know, I was puzzled over a couple of things that were going on in my personal life. And all of a sudden I started having double egg yolks and I've had 15 double egg yolks. And most people, you know, have one maybe in a lifetime or, you know, some people have had none that I know, but I had 15 in the last year and a half. So anytime I had any little doubt about something, I would crack an egg you know, to make an omelet or something, and there would be another double egg yolk. Um, also orbs. Uh, I've had a tremendous amount of orb activity around me over the last year and a half. So again, anytime I was a little confused or wondering, you know, okay, what is this really all about? An orb would appear. And so I feel like, you know, when we are in alignment, more or less, you know, our chakras are in alignment and we're in alignment with our higher power, these kind of things can happen. They can come through and they are maybe not the two by four, but they're definitely a visible sign because sometimes those of us that are in the physical need physical signs. We don't always get it if it's just a gentle knowing kind of a nudge. And sometimes I feel it in my gut and my heart and I know, and other times I get double egg yolks. (laughs) So that um, feeling it in your gut is a really good example. Mm-hmm. I used to, to get that a lot when I was teaching middle school. And if I wanted to go in and chat with the principal, I could always check my gut and I would know this is not the moment. She's not yeah. available. <laughs> or yeah, go in and chat with her. You know, she likes it when you do that. Uh-huh. So, so listening to your gut for other people, it's the heart. Um, for, for me, there's also the knowing there's the nudges, but also I wanted to mention dreams. Sure, sure. Dreams are a great way where, you know, someone will come and talk to you. I can't believe how many conversations I have now in dreams. And, um, and, but if you ask the person the next day, did you dream that you were talking to me last night? They usually, they usually don't know. Ah, 
so it is maybe just an experience for you. It doesn't really matter. But tuning into that conversation and what did you get out of it? That's another, another way to get information for yourself. Right, right. So if I think a lot of people who are doing dream work, they will have either a recorder or they'll have a journal beside yes. their bed because a lot of times I will have a crazy dream, but I've learned how to remember it in the morning. There are keywords. And I kind of say to myself several times before I go back to sleep, cause I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> um, and I, I will say, okay, remember this, this, and this, and I'll repeat it a few times. Uh -huh. And then the minute I wake up, if I go write it down within that first minute or two, I, I will have it all back. If I get distracted and start making coffee, feeding the cat, doing something else, mm -hmm. then I've lost it. I won't remember what even the words are. So it's just yeah. fascinating how that works. And I think you're talking about conscious living. That you mm -hmm. don't start your day and just make the coffee, but you pay attention to, is there something that I need to remember you know, from last night or need to do, mm -hmm. and then start the coffee. That is, um, like to start the day with gratitude, a gratitude list. Oh, yeah. Just do that in my head. Um, it kind of sets the tone for the positive. And then other people um, like to set an intention first thing in the morning before they're out of bed. Right. Um, I know people who wise. do. Yeah, who do both. Now, I will say that there is a 14-minute gratitude video that I have used extensively with uh, clients right now. And most of them uh, have set their uh, alarm clock, you know, like 14 minutes early to uh -huh. start their day that way. And I have an attorney actually who has memorized most of it. And she just says it to herself throughout the day, reminding herself when she's under any stressful situation of something that, you know, she remembers from that 14 minutes. Um, but it, what I tell people is that since we are 50 trillion cells that are constantly vibrating, you can either vibrate in a, a positive, you know, gratitude filled way, or you can vibrate in a negative fear-based way, you know, which would you prefer? And I think the majority of people obviously would love to, you know, be where happiness and joy is as opposed to anything else. So when you have an attitude of gratitude by doing something like that it makes all the difference in the world to your health you know just to your general wellness it also is going to affect who you're going to attract if yes. you're job hunting and you're being fear-based the position that you attract is not going to have the same what light love and joy frequency that you might actually be wanting right right yeah. god that reminds me when i first moved to arizona uh, we were job hunting and uh, my husband was really, you know, he was panicky because he's, he's different about money than I am. I'm like, eh, it'll come, things will work out. And he's like, I need a plan. I need to see evidence. So um, I really picked up on his nervousness and I took the first job I was offered. And I worked there one year and it was not a good experience. It was such an eye-opening experience for me that I needed to be true to myself. Um, I then the next year got a position at the other school district and things went well for, you know, like 20 years, 25 years. So I learned a lot from that one experience that I was being influenced by his fears and needs mm -hmm. instead of being true to myself and trusting my own self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and how often does that happen? I know that, um, you know, when you're making major decisions, whether it's about a relationship or a relocation or a job or health, that anything that is pretty major, not, you know, what am I going to have for dinner? <laughs> you know, go to your gut, go, go inside your heart and make the decision from that intuitive thinking as opposed to intellectualizing, you know okay, I need, I need to get a job, a J-O-B. That doesn't work. Um, but, you know, if you trust, in fact, the guy who has cut my hair for over 20 years now, 
I sat outside his salon because there were a couple people that had recommended different ones. And so I went to each place and I sat in the car and I felt the frequencies that were there. And then I went in and met the person and I made my decision on that. And Bill has cut my hair for, like I said, over 20 years. Um, Have you you read the um, Power Versus Force by Dr. David Hawkins? No. Oh, my God. It's exactly what you're talking about. This um, fellow just passed away maybe five to eight years ago. Power Uh Versus Force. The title is... Um, it didn't appeal to me, but what he talks about is how to identify vibrational frequencies, how to determine what yours is, um, how to move it or change it if you can, and um, how you'll normally attract a lot of what's at the same level that you are. It is fascinating. And then he puts in the numbers for some, oh, for religions, for countries, uh, for some businesses, to to tell you where they're at now all of that could have changed as leadership or ceos change Uh uh so direction can change but um it to me it was really it was really good information Uh and it validated some things that i know and then um what i found since then when i hear uh, there's a minister in uh, this tent uh, nearby that uh, sometimes I like to listen to. But one day I thought, you know, I wonder what his frequency is. And I checked it and it was lower than I had hoped. So it, it just tells me that a lot of what he says is right on and some of it's not. So just let it go. But that way you can, you can it's just another way to know what's for you. Right. Besides using your gut. I wonder sometimes if, um... You know, I feel like we're like radio stations and we dial in to frequencies depending upon us. You know, so what is going on in our personal life, our health, uh, the lives of those that we're closest to. And that if we have turned the dial and pulled in a frequency that is not us, but is more related you know, like you had tuned in to your husband's frequency of fear when you got your job mm-hmm. and it didn't work for you for that, you know, year plus. And then the second one, you tuned into your own frequency and found one that matched. And then you were there 20 you know, plus years. So I, I honestly believe sometimes that if we don't recognize coming back to the concept here of completeness, if we don't recognize and feel complete, then other people's energy fields can come in and fill those holes, those gaps in who we are. And those are the ones that you have to then learn to release, you know, because they don't belong to you, but they are somebody else's that maybe you care deeply about. It could be a son, a daughter, a parent, a grandparent, but their frequencies can change as well because they might be tapping into something else. Does that make sense? It does. And I was thinking about, as you were talking about how people have holes in their auras Mm -hmm. and that that is something that you want to have cleaned up and healed and filled with light and your own energy Mm -hmm. um, so that you don't pick up stuff from other people in other places. Mm -hmm. Holes in your aura occur because of drug use, because of molestation, because of abuse, um, and, and alcohol abuse. So any of those things, and even if it was in your past and you're not experiencing those things or indulging in those things now, the holes could still be in your aura and you can have that cleaned up and you'll feel, you'll feel better and you'll not be as open to other people's energies. Right. Um, I would also think that, um, you know, let's let's look at these last two years with the pandemic. And we've had, you know, so many people that have come down with COVID that, you know, died from COVID, a loved one died from COVID, you know, so that's going to cause these holes that are in the aura too, because, you know, we we have allowed, for lack of a better word, you know, things to pull it out of us. 
you know, our own fear, our own concerns, being told that we have to do this and that and the other thing and giving away our personal power, you know, allowing somebody else to dictate. So I think all of that becomes a little bit of an issue too. And again, I think a lot of people are now beginning to reclaim who they are, you know, not allowing, whether it's a government or a country. I mean, I have a friend who, um, loves to spend time in Spain and Italy and France. And he's, he's back over in Europe now, but he, you know, had to come home because he was in Spain and, and, you know, when all of this happened um, almost two years ago and, you know, they basically said, if you are not a Spaniard, you know, then you go home because we won't take care of you. Uh, if you come down with something, then it's just too bad. You, you know, you're going to die. <laughs> and so home he came. So we have all lived under just a tremendous amount of anxiety and stress and fear for almost two years. And I think that that's another good reason to be really clear about who you are. And, and I see us as balls of light. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe not round balls, maybe elongated balls, <laughs> but balls of light. And because of that, there is a purity and a clarity of who I am that cannot be touched by other things. Mm -hmm. So when COVID was coming up and fear was everywhere, I felt there's fear everywhere. Isn't that interesting? Because I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. I did... Um, I did get vaccinated um, because I wanted to visit my friends because I wanted to see my family and, and they kind of needed me to. So I did it because of them, but not because I felt like I needed to. And when I was exposed to COVID after the vaccination, I was very mildly sick with a cough, mostly a sore throat cough and slept for about four days. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And, so my, but my point more importantly, though, is the fear. If you feel that fear, push it away or back away from it. Do not engage with that. Right. Do everything you can to keep yourself out of it because it's unhealthy. It can harm you in, in multiple ways. Right. No, that's, that's very, very, very true. Very, very true. So when I was talking about the light within, I think that that's true of everybody. We all have the light within. And maybe... Um, Does everybody maybe, see one another's light? Not everybody has the gift of sight. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I think some people do. Some people see it. And I think other people feel it. Other people know it. You know, because of the... There's clear audience, there's clear sentience, and so on. There's the different modalities for um, the ways that we know things besides our intellect or besides our ears. So people can sense that about other people and you tend to wanna to be people, around people who have that higher vibration. Um, people who have a lot of light, haven't buried it. Uh -huh. um, and you know, it can be the exterior It isn't just a beautiful person that has light. Uh -huh. That it can be a handicapped person. Um, I can think of a, a person I know who has cerebral palsy that has so much, so much beauty and yet has difficulty speaking besides walking. So um, yeah, that light within to look for that. It's, um, you know, one of the things you know, that I think is super interesting is animals have the ability to see it. And if you have a fairly substantial amount, they will whip their heads around, you know, to look because they, they can literally see it and uh, feel it, you know, if you're in their energy field for them. And I think that is just super fascinating because I've noticed that for years. When it's like you with with orbs and other people with owls that show up uh -huh. you know, that that like attracts like i guess uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention um, with Theta Healing, because I teach that, I offer workshops. I'll be putting up a new series of them on my um, webpage. People travel from all over the country to come and take that. People who want to be in Arizona, not necessarily in the summer. Right. And um, with that, it's very life-changing. So to have a session with me means that you can come in and say, why do I never get this job? Am I, am, am I not supposed to move into nursing or you know, am I not supposed to work in the hospitals? What's going on? And we can get down to the root of it. And if it's something that we're supposed to change, we'll change it. Theta healing can do that. Um, if you get trained in it, it means that you get good at identifying your own limiting beliefs and eliminating them. It's harder to work on yourself than it is to work on someone else because we have our own, like, how to see yourself accurately all the time right. going on. Um, so I would recommend if people look up Theta Healing and see if it appeals to them. The, what I do that maybe I didn't do in the beginning is I use Theta Healing and Divine Guidance. So I really open myself to the guidance from the highest frequency levels I can, can access uh -huh. and, and bring that in so that when I do a, a body scan for a person, I'm looking within them and identifying what's important for them to know right now and uh -huh. then to heal that. Because almost everything, I think actually everything, the physical component is related to an emotional or a mental or a belief, that component. And then sometimes there's a past life component and we can deal with any of those to create change for a person to make improvements for their lives. So that's Theta Healing. And then the classes, I think Theta Healing also opens you once you're you access the theta brainwave state easily, then that divine guidance comes a lot easier for you. So I just have, to um, make that clear for people. Right. Have, have some of your um, students ever, you know, like changed, I don't direction or changed their life uh, tremendously, you know, because of coming in and, recognizing that maybe they had been headed down a path that wasn't productive and now they can see what they need to do and they kind of do a 180. Have you noticed that with some of your students? One of the women um, that came to me for four sessions, the first three sessions were just about how unhappy she was with where she was living. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got to the fourth session, where she lived just really wasn't even like, why, why are you bringing that up <laughs> and, <laughs> for an issue? And so we were able to work on, on other things. Um, I worked with a young woman who was 12 years old and she recently came to me. She's 19 now. And oh my gosh, that was so fun to watch her go from um, just dealing with boyfriend and, and friend issues to now looking at career and life and direction issues. Um, I'm trying to think. So often though, they come with a problem, we work on it and it goes away. That, that's really what happens. I'm, I remember a woman sitting in my chair, a woman in her seventies who said, I'm having trouble remembering why I'm here. This was at the end of the session. Uh -huh. We had resolved what had been bothering her. Uh -huh. Um, and, and that was one who came to me with um, just difficulty with her best friend that, you know, she was always bickering and angry with her best friend. And we cleared that up. And <laughs> poof. So um, I think the other nice thing about it is I did a body scan on um, one of the people that I went to India with, one of the teachers. Uh -huh. And I was able to tell her how I saw her in two different lights. And one is what she shows the world and the other is what she personally experiences and doesn't want the world to know. And she was blown away at how 
how accurate that was, especially huh. the part that she didn't like other people to know about. Um, so yeah, it just opens you up. It's amazing at how things shift. I did not consider myself psychic when I was younger. I had things happened, you know, I had some knowing, but now all the time, I can know whatever I need to know. It's wonderful. That is, um, because I, I would think the direction that you go in is almost always the right direction for you now. Absolutely. If I feel that nagging, mm, I don't know about this. I don't go there. And mm -hmm. I use that same kind of guidance. Do I purchase this? Do I vacation here? Do I, you know, do I call this person? Um, and in particular, if a person's on my mind, I don't wait until the third time or the fourth time. I'm like, second time, absolutely. You need to contact this person, see how they're doing. Right. What's going on. Yeah, I, I think that is a gift, personally. I would definitely uh, honor something like that, you know, as, okay, this is what I am all about, what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, is it your higher self communicating with you? Is it their guides reaching out? Uh huh. Doesn't matter. That It really doesn't. Uh, you know, I think learning to follow. Sometimes we just have to trust. It kind of goes back to that word again, you know, to trust that we are being divinely guided. And isn't that a wonderful thing? Because I think one of the things that really bothers people about life is feeling alone. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't think that we're alone at all. No. That our, you know, our guides, our ancestors, angels, oh my gosh, they're always there. It's just whether or not we can feel them or notice them or hear them. Right. In fact, I have a a couple of people that are have been on the show that are very much in touch with you know their angels and guides and it's funny because you know they say that they're kind of like right next to you i mean you you could reach through them or yeah whatever but they're they're right there but to think that maybe for a long time if you're not in contact with them if you're not communicating with them or asking them to assist that you know they're just sitting there I mean, that would have to be incredibly boring <laughs> just to kind of be there. And of course, time for them is different than time for us. But uh, nevertheless, I think, you know, regardless of whether we're a spirit or whether we're in the physical, most people want to feel valued and of service. And so this allows that to happen. If, if you know, you're asking for some direction and guidance from them, it's like, woohoo, you know, she's listening. And that's, exactly uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> I heard um, them once applaud, <laughs> them applauding and going, she hears us, yay. Yay. Because, because they're there to assist all along. And, uh -huh. and uh, you know, I don't know how much validation they get. I, I don't know either. But uh, I think those of us that, you know, feel that special guidance certainly can validate and say thank you, you know, and that's, that's part of the gratitude, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm happy that, I have that gift and that I can, you know, impart some of that maybe wisdom that's not from me, but through me, you know, to another person, you know, and help them in some way. So that makes it more special. You know, and, and maybe for people that do go to other people for information and for assistance, you really need to, again, be true to yourself. If that person isn't a match for you, uh -huh. if if you feel like you got some iffy information besides good information, find someone else, someone that is a match for you or someone that has a higher vibration right? or matches your vibration. Right. And it, yeah, you absolutely are always at choice. Right. Well, gosh, our hour just kind of flies when you're on. Um, I love having uh, such neat people that have, remarkable talents, you know, to come and share. And um, so now, um, again, maybe tell them how to reach you and if they want to mm -hmm. take a Theta class with you. And if they, when is it you're going to be doing the one in Arizona? I'm going to schedule it probably for January. For January, yeah. okay, perfect time to come out if you're in the cold weather areas. Oh, yeah. uh, so they get a little sunshine and a little warmth, you know, coming in from parts unknown that are below zero. <laughs> so. That's the best time to be here. 
Um, yeah. So I'm going to put that on my website today. Okay. The other thing that I wanted people to know about are my books. They're available through my website, but on Amazon. And I have two that are, one is um, Living Hope, which is about my story. Uh-huh. And I haven't gone into any of that, but my story involved a great deal of trauma when I was young. Okay. And, and then how I dealt with that and turned those things around so that I see it as part of why I'm the goodness that I am now. And the second one is um, the name. I'll get the name in a second. It's about how we develop spiritually and a lot of options that are out there. And that is, it has a beautiful name too. Anyway, and then I wrote two books called Journey with Matthew, book one and book two. You've got book two out now, huh? Yes, yes. And it's about an example of a person who's awakening and realizing Uh that there is a spiritual path and it's, it's so light and it's so fun and the amazing things that happen and the abilities that can be developed. So those are all on um, Amazon. And I, there's one before that, that was my dissertation. You can ignore that. It's expensive. It's not as fun of a read as the other stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again for being my guest. Uh, we'll see you back here around the middle of March. And in the meantime, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving to you too. And I look forward to being with you and your guests again. All right. Everybody, please go out there and make this your very best life. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.